0: Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach, Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica.
1: So hello everybody and welcome back to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Tai, and I'm so happy to be here with you guys in this brand new year. The last time we talked was last year, like nobody's heard that before, right? So we are in 2018 now. This is actually the second day of 2018. January 2nd, so i um, super excited for a new year. Uh, 2017 was great. I learned a lot of really cool things, had some great experiences. I'm sure like many of you, so some uh, not so great experiences, but that's how we learned. So, um, but we had a lot of really exciting things and you know, I just feel really blessed to be where we are now and looking forward to a great 2018 Um, We don't so much make New Year resolutions around here, but we do some, uh, we kind of try to focus on something for the New Year. And I think this year, our focus is a year of abundance. It's kind of the word that we feel like we've been given, or at least I feel like, I think my husband, uh, Derek, feels the same way. And I think that doesn't just mean, I think a lot of times you you uh, hear something like abundance and you think, oh, okay, well, that means, like, I'm going to be successful and I'm going to have lots of money. And and I don't necessarily think it's just that. I think it's going to be a year of abundance and abundance that we're able to give back to the community and to our jobs and abundance of time that it's going to not be as stressful. And, and of course, an abundance of funds would be great so so we can take care of these uh all these five kiddos and all these businesses we've got going on and all that fun stuff. But, you know, just a, just, an ab- just an abundance in every area of our life. But ab- I want an abundance of patience. <laughs> I would like an abundance of time. There's never enough time, right? Um, just those types of things. Abundance of joy. So I'm really looking forward to 2018. And I think this is going to be an awesome year. And to kick off the new year, I've got a real treat for you guys today. Um... I am interviewing today Jimmy Moore, and if anybody doesn't know who Jimmy Moore is, I really don't know where you've been, <laughs> but, but there probably are some people out there that maybe don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I just assume if you're listening to my podcast, you probably are listening to some of these much more seasoned, much more popular podcasters like Jimmy Moore. Um, I think he's probably got, I do believe he has the longest running podcast on the air today, um, if you haven't heard it, that's the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show, and that was the first uh, podcast that I started listening to, I think it was uh, uh Live and La Levita Low Carb and probably Bulletproof Radio are the two that I started listening to first, and then I would was listening to the Fat Burning Man with Abel James and uh, a couple of others, um, Wellness Mama and and a couple other people that I had started listening to. But Jimmy's podcasts have always been my favorite. He is um, he's excellent at getting information from people and getting it out there to you. He's super smart. He's super funny, and he's just a genuine guy. Um, I am privileged to call him my friend. I've met Jimmy in person, spent a little time with him and Christine. Um, looking forward to spending more time with him here this spring, and um, I, you know, have now talked to Jimmy a few times, done a couple of podcasts with him, episodes with him, and he's really just. A great guy and um, super knowledgeable so I hope that you get a lot out of this episode we kind of jump around a little bit um, and that's my fault because I'm pretty comfortable with Jimmy so I I didn't try to draw probably as much information as I should have out of him because he's so smart But I just enjoy talking to him. So I hope that you'll enjoy our banter a little bit and hope that you'll enjoy just listening to some of the information we talk about. We touch on cholesterol. We touch on keto. We touch on fasting. Um, we we talk about backyard chickens, like (laughs) we're kind of all over the place. So hopefully you'll enjoy this episode. And during this interview, he actually gives me an exclusive. We are getting the scoop. He has not given this scoop anywhere else on any other podcast or in the public at all. So I hope you guys will enjoy that. I was pretty excited that he shared that with me. So he does have a couple books coming out or a couple podcasts. He's got things like that in which most everybody He's heard about. It. He's got that coming out, but he gives me an exclusive today. So, all right, guys, we'll sit back and uh, crank up the volume and enjoy this podcast. Thanks for listening. So, today with me on the podcast, I have Jimmy Moore. So, Jimmy Moore is an American blogger and author who's best known for Live and Levita Low Carb blog and podcast, and more recently for his books on nutrition. He has a, a several different books now, um, but maybe the most popular ones are his Clarity series, which is, uh, he's got a cholesterol clarity and a keto clarity book out. Um, He has appeared on television, radio programs, and the like, promoting a high-fat, moderate protein, low-carb diet plan, which we here know as the ketogenic lifestyle. His popular weekly podcast, Live in Levita Low Carb, has run over 1,100 episodes, and actually I think that that is a low number. I believe he's now closer to the 1,300 or even over that. But he features interviews with experts in diet, health, and fitness. So if you have not listened to that, that podcast, you need to get over there and listen to that right now. He also has an excellent podcast called um, called uh, uh, Keto Talk. Sorry. And as you'll hear in this interview with Jemmy that we're going to talk about, he has also got a couple of new podcasts coming out. So he also has a fasting talk, which has wrapped up, but you can go back and listen to those episodes. And he currently resides in South Carolina. So hello, Jemmy and uh, we are so excited to have you on the show here today. Just take a minute to let you introduce yourself and kind of tell us um, how kind of your backstory, how you got started in this health and wellness space and into podcasting, and. Just let uh, let my audience know who you are in case they haven't heard of you before.
0: Yeah, who who is this weirdo on my show? Yes, <laughs> so in 2003, I was in a really bad shape. I was uh, just about to turn 32 years old, was 410 pounds, did not know it, and was on a one-way ticket to an early grave. And thankfully, I got a diet book for Christmas that year, Jessica, yeah. from my mother-in-law, so... Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Mom. I knew I was fat. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for Captain Obvious. So so I, I read this book, and it was Dr. Atkins' New Diet Revolution. And I said, you know what? I have tried every low-fat diet known to mankind. I've never done any kind of low-carbohydrate diet, so why not? Let's give it a go. So January 1st, 2004, I go on the Atkins diet, and I thought it was going to be a New Year's resolution to lose weight. It turned into a new life resolution to get healthy. And so I ended up losing a total of 180 pounds that year, got the attention of the Atkins people. They featured my story story on the front of their website. And the next year I started a blog called Living La Vida Loca, Low Carb, excuse me. I was a fan of Living La Vida Loca at yeah. the time. It's kind of a dated reference now. <laughs> Ricky Martin, is he still around? Does he still have teeth? And yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> actually, that's a good question. I haven't heard anything from him in a long time, but I used to actually he's in Las him.
0: Vegas. I looked him up recently, he? and he's he does a Las Vegas show. Oh, that's so that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> Singing "Live in La Vida Loca" for the rest of his life. Yes. So yeah, so "Live in La Vida Low Carb" in April of 2005 became my blog, and then a year later started my "Live in La Vida Low Carb" show podcast, which is now the longest running health podcast on the internet. I have a few other podcasts as well, but it's quite the journey. And then in, in 2012, I was given the opportunity to start writing books for a major publisher. So if you'd have told me when I was you know, 15, 16 years old, that you'd be writing books and people would know your name around the world. And oh yeah, it would be about diet and health. I would have laughed in your
1: face. <laughs> right. Well, probably most of us at 15 or 16 years old would have been in that same position, right? Well, yeah.
0: a superhero maybe. I yeah, been. maybe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's a very exciting. Yeah. So you are known obviously for the low carb, live and levita low carb. That's kind of how I found you. But now even more so for the keto stuff. So when yeah. did that transition happen? Because I know low carb isn't necessarily high fat.
0: That's right. That's right. And so I in twenty eleven was trying to figure out why I was gaining back some weight, despite being low carb and wasn't feeling my best. And so I started reading. And of course, at that time, I was well over 700 episodes on Live in La Vida. So I talked to a bunch of experts and had people like Jeff Folick and Steve Finney and Eric Westman and different ones on my show. And so I started reading some of the various books just to kind of see if I could get a clue. Well, one of the new books around that time was The Art and Science of Low-Carbohydrate Living and then Low-Carbohydrate Performance from Volek and Finney. And so I remember reading the performance one, which was designed for athletes. They wrote that book specifically to try to help athletes, you know, fuel their performance with a ketogenic lifestyle. So I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to learn much from this, but let me read it. And so I'm looking through it, looking through it. And then they get to the part where they said you need to test for blood ketones. I had never in all my years of doing this heard anyone refer to blood ketones. Mm -hmm. Ketones to me were you peed on this stick and it was gross and it turned pink to purple. and, And that showed you your level of ketones. I now know that's called acetoacetate, that one. Mm-hmm. But the one in the blood is beta-hydroxybutyrate, and that's the one that's really telling you what's going on. It's it's the fuel tank in your car. If it's on, you know, full, you know, you've got a full amount of of fuel that you can fuel your body with. Well, peeing on a stick didn't give me that, and so I'm like, okay, this is weird. Blood ketones. So I reach out to those guys, and I'm like, you know, hey, I want to test blood ketones. Oh, it's really expensive, and so. I buy this device, it's about $25, 30 and then I start buying the strips, and they're 4 to $5 a piece, yeah. and
1: I was
0: like, wow. there's got to be a better way, uh, eventually we did create a better way, which we can talk about later, but I tested and did this whole formalized experiment, this N equals one of what they call nutritional ketosis, and so did it in 2012 uh, and it was only going to be like three months. Okay. That's what that was. And we move on, but I had such spectacular results, not just in weight loss, but in how I felt and the energy levels and everything that I was struggling with, with just low carb that I was like, whoa, there's something about this. So I, I pushed it on to a whole year, Jessica, just mm. to see morning and night what my blood ketones were doing morning and night what my blood sugar was doing some days every hour on the hour i was testing and yes my fingers hurt after a while (laughs) and and did that and of course it went on to become a chapter in my book that i'm uh, now pretty well known for keto clarity Mm -hmm. in 2014 came out Uh, but it all started with reading the Vulcan and finney book kind of getting blood ketones on my radar screen, and I'd heard the K word for many years. We all did, Jessica. We all knew about keto and ketosis and ketones from Dr. Atkins's work and some of the other low-carb diets, but we never put a sharp point on it before of saying what all is involved, and the higher fat, the moderation of the protein, and the low-carb are all necessary to get into a state of nutritional ketosis.
1: Yeah, so you mentioned the, um, the, the, the urine strips that you use, just for listeners that are listening and don't understand, like, why would you, if you can get urine strips, because I get this question all the time, and you, yep. and you can use the urine strips to measure ketones, why in the world would you spend $4 a pop and all the pain of your poor finger to do the <laughs> blood ketosis? What's it matter? What's, what's cool. the big deal?
0: Thankfully the blood we've got it down to a buck now. We can talk yes. about that here in a minute. But uh, but the urine strips, yeah, you can buy a, a little thing of a hundred of them from the and actually it's so hilarious, Jessica. They keep it behind the pharmacy counter now. Like you're gonna like <laughs> smuggle it out and do something with what are you gonna do with urine strips? Right. Anyway, I, I just found that amusing. My local Walgreens did that. So but and then some people even take the real cheapskate route and then they they like slice them down the middle long ways. Oh to, my uh, gosh, to... that's
1: hilarious! I never yes. thought of that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's <laughs> so, like you get like a hundred strips for like seven dollars. Wow. <laughs> I know
0: it's, it's so inexpensive, but anyway, there, like I said, there's some people that are cheap. So anyway, um, so you you pee on the stick, and let's say you just started within the first couple of weeks, maybe two four weeks, use the urine strips. That's fine early on; it'll let you know if you're shifting your body to that fat metabolism. But here's the thing: once you get used to using ketones efficiently, what we call fat-adapted, keto-adapted, some people, that acetoacetate that they've been spilling over into their urine suddenly disappears. Now, did it go away? Are you out of ketosis? No, because you still feel well, you've got full satiation, you're not hungry any time, you don't have cravings, all of that goes away. But what happened was the acetoacetate ketone in the urine gets converted into the beta hydroxybutyrate in your blood so it's not that it's a bad way to test early on but I think it could be misleading for some people because the, the urine ketones do disappear in some people now I'm one of those people I've always shown urine ketones I've never lost urine ketones wow, but not everybody has that what's that
1: I said that's interesting I it, mine definitely disappeared Wow yeah. so
0: and, and that's the key there I think If you want early on to know how you're doing, the urine is great. So you spend that seven bucks, pee as much as you'd like on those sticks because they're not going to be useful to you after the first couple weeks. Then switch over to either blood ketone testing or breath ketone testing. And the, the one in the breath we haven't talked about is called acetone. And there's several meters out there now. Uh, two of which I'll mention, one has been out there for several years, the ketonics, and it's a USB port thing you, you plug into your your computer or to a charger and you blow into it and it gives you a color change if you just use the device or if you use it on your computer, it actually will give you a number. You can calibrate it and all that stuff. And there's a new one that just came out. I don't know if you've heard about this one, Jessica, but it's the um, Level device. Have you seen this?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Yeah, do so tell, it's, it's tell Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Like I stay on the cutting edge of all this stuff. So yes. in fact, it's downstairs. Uh, you, you've been in my building where I'm recording right now. It's downstairs in the Cowboys Corner. Okay. Uh, I've got it sitting there, but you can calibrate it with a couple of little aerosol things, and then you blow into this thing, and you put it in there and close it, and it gives you a readout on your on your phone. And so it's it, with an app. So it's pretty cool technology that lets you test. But I still maintain that blood ketone testing is the gold standard if you're yeah. gonna want to know where you stand use blood ketone and i, I tease it a couple of times so bestketonetest.com is where you can get it for a dollar per strip um and, and it's definitely a lot more affordable now than when Jimmy Moore started self-experimenting in 2012.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and you're that keto mojo. That's what I use the best. Yeah. That's what
0: bestketotest.com. best, test. best Yes.
1: That, yep. I love that. It's, um, accurate, easy. I love it. The, what yeah. was the name of the other, that breath, the new breath um, level
0: L E V L. So I, I think it's Levelnow.com. Anyway, just okay, Google yeah, level breath ketone and you'll find it.
1: Okay. That's awesome. So yeah, that is good information on all the keto and how to test that you're in ketosis. Cause a lot of people, you know, they they it it gets confusing. There's a lot of information Oops. out there and they you know, they're just not sure which way to go and Um, I also warn people that I feel like if you get dehydrated, which I've experienced with myself, that if I'm dehydrated, I will show up um the urine, urine, even when I know that I'm no, I haven't been showing up on that in months. And if I'm dehydrated, I will um I've had some fun kind of experimenting with that. Like I know I'm gonna show up.
0: (laughs) You you could test that, like really hydrate yourself and test and then Even have like a little bit of carbs to kind of kick yourself out, and then don't drink for a period of time, Uh and then test, and you'll you'll be surprised. Oh,
1: I've totally done that. I've totally I've had wine, and then known that I'm dehydrated, and known that I should not show up on that, and thought, huh, I'm gonna try this out, and sure enough, it shows up like dehydrated and wine,
0: Jessica. That's not a good combination, my dear.
1: (laughs) I know, I know, and I'm usually really good about that, but tis the season.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> la la, 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 la,
1: la. <laughs> So actually, um, speaking of, so we've just dove right into all this keto stuff, but I w- just want to ask you about, you have just got some exciting stuff going on, you and Christine both. So Christine, for those of you that don't know, is Jimmy's wife, and she's the sweetest woman you'll ever meet. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I just love her. She puts and up
0: with me. So, yeah, she's, she does. She, I mean, that says she, a lot. Oh, she, she's going to get an extra <laughs> seat in heaven.
1: <laughs> in right. her, her crown, her,
0: uh, yeah. Jewels
1: on her crown. Maybe that maybe one. her yes. mansion will be extra large. <laughs> exactly. So, um, what new projects are you guys up to? Because I know you guys have some exciting new projects going on. And I'd like my listeners to kind of hear about what you have happening.
0: Yeah, so she and I uh, decided, we conspired, that we were going to do some projects together because she's now a nutritional therapy practitioner, so we wanted to put her to work right away. She's been recuperating from that the past couple of months, but it's time to hit the ground running in the new year, so uh, we are debuting a brand new podcast, first time she's ever doing a podcast. She and I, way back in the day, you might have seen these, Jessica, used to do this thing called Live in La Vida Low Carb. On YouTube, we did about a hundred episodes of those before I had my podcast. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but people have said, you know, why isn't Christine podcasting? And so now that she has, you know, knowledge to regurgitate, now she wants the podcast. So that's going to air on Mondays in the new year called the Nutritional Pearls podcast, Mm nutritionalpearlspodcast.com. And it'll basically be we'll take a topic. So let's say um, uh, leaky gut and we'll just do a whole episode just about leaky gut from the perspective of what she learned through the nutritional therapy association teaching and then we'll also because we're both keto we're not going to ignore keto and it's not going to be an explicitly keto show Obviously, we can't talk about it without talking about the prism of looking at it as a keto dieter as well. So Mm -hmm. uh, real excited to do that once a week with her. Uh, I'm trying to get her into the mode of, you know, you got to kind of get these in the can. You can't just wait around to the last second. So, so so yeah, getting her in that mode. And then uh, my publisher, when I approached them about, hey, you know, my wife just got this NTP, you know, what do you think about uh, she and I doing a book together? Yes. I was like, well, don't you want to know what it's about? Okay, tell us what it's about. <laughs> well, we wanted to talk about kind of real food keto and apply a lot of the principles of the NTA with a keto diet. Yes, I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> so easy.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure that some of that had something to do with the success of your four of the other ones you've already written. <laughs> yeah, I've
0: had three international bestsellers in a row, so I think they're a little bit uh, uh, yeah. happy with.
1: I'm sure. <laughs> this
0: relationship, yes. <laughs> well,
1: and Christine can Christine can only make it better, right?
0: Exactly. Awesome. Well, I'm excited because. Yeah uh, she's going to get to have a book with her name on it. Um, and whether people would ever admit this, I didn't write those other books on my own. Christine being the support she was, you know, I, I couldn't have done it without her anyway. So, um, I-, I think anyone that's married, you'd be foolish not to, you know, give compliments to the other person in your life for making you, uh, be able to do what you do. So I know you, yes. you agree.
1: huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. My husband and I both back and forth with his businesses and mine, you know, I'm always in the background on his and he's always in the background on mine. Yep, It's just, it's how a good partnership works.
0: That's right.
1: So that's exciting. So speaking um,
0: of my, my wife is sitting here texting me as I'm, texting texting as I'm talking, talking about her, <laughs> I guess she, I guess it's, I guess it's like, like Beetlejuice, 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 Beetlejuice. She heard her name <laughs> yes. and she started texting.
1: <laughs> she, she was uh, thinking about Are me. you on a
0: podcast. <laughs> yeah. With Jessica. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell her I said, Hi. <laughs> Hi, honey. <laughs> and I'm still trying to get chickens.
0: <laughs> there you go we have we're down to fourteen now.
1: Oh, so I well what happened to what happened to them?
0: Yeah, so chickens uh man, we're bouncing all over the place with the topics today so yeah, well, chickens that, they kind of have fun. a strange life cycle sometimes they just suddenly one day they just start walking slower and the next day they're killed over so it's it's kind of weird i I've, I've been told that's normal.
1: Yeah, um, I, I know when I was there, I don't remember the name of the chicken off the top of my head. Angeles. Okay, because I know that you said she was doing that. She had been kind of, yes. and actually you thought you were going to lose her at one point. We, and we didn't
0: eventually lose her, <laughs> so yeah. Aww. She was our she was our favorite because she was the one that always came right up to us. But now we have a whole bunch of those Silver Lace Wyandotte ones. Uh-huh. Like ten, 10 of our 14 are Silver Lace Wyandotte, so it's thing one thing, two thing, three thing, four thing, five thing, ten. <laughs>
1: That's hilarious. Because you can't
0: tell them apart.
1: Right, right. Yes. But they have great
0: personality.
1: I am definitely um, on track to get some this spring. So I wanted to wait until after the cooler weather because we get hit pretty hard. I mean, we're like – Oh, my goodness. Tonight, I think the high overnight is um, like one degree or something. Wow. So I didn't want to get any little chickens in the fall and then (laughs) try to keep them alive through the winter.
0: Yeah, we're getting into the low 20s coming up. And so Christine was like, are the chickens going to be okay?" And I said, we have three heaters in their coop. So they've got one that kind of hangs. They got another one, two other ones that you hadn't seen since you came. We have like this little black looks like a little miniature television it's so funny like that one the, like you hang up on your wall television but it's a heater uh that's mm. not a fire hazard they've knocked it over a few times so it doesn't but it, but it gives them warmth mm. and then we got a full-on like crank it up heater that when we're out there in the mornings it gives them that extra heat and they all huddle right. around them so we're keeping them keeping them safe
1: that's good that's good i'm yeah i'm gonna have to look into all that. Um chicken husbandry when I get to that. I might, <laughs> I might have to uh, rely on some of your knowledge. I might have to call you up. And <laughs> and,
0: and we're also going to uh, have a, a hen house built. So we're going to have w- where that coop is now, where the yeah. coops are now, we're going to expand it out over a little bit. And then we're going to screen it all in and have like a door that we can walk in and give them shelter a little more from the elements. And yeah, w- w- once you get the chicken bug, you want to keep babying them a bit. I know not everybody takes care of their chickens like that, but we're a little different. We want to take care of those chickens, taking care of us with all the beautiful yolks they give us.
1: Oh yeah, I think that's awesome. My grandparents have. Um, <clears throat> they live in Kentucky. They're almost the Tennessee border, and they what? they have chickens. And Rock they have. A, Where do they live? They live. It's called McKee, Kentucky. Uh huh. It is in the hills of Kentucky. It is. <laughs> I was gonna say,
0: what's <laughs> the next big town? Is it Hopkinsville?
1: The next big town is actually. Um, uh, they are very close to Rich. Is it Richwood or Richmond? I should know that, and I can't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Here's the clue, you guys. Besides Louisville, there's not a major town in
1: Kentucky. Right. And actually, yeah. And actually, that's probably the closest major town. So this other major town I'm trying to remember is really a small town. It just happens to be the town that has like the grocery store. Yes. And and Louisville
0: is right next to Indiana, nowhere near the Tennessee borders. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: They're, um, they are, they, I mean, they're really, they're like an hour off, um, the highway, like off the wow. interstate. Like it's that, it's that far. So there's
0: no straight line from here to there. No. You have to kind of squiggly to get there. Yes. Yeah. But it's, um,
1: they have chickens and they, and they're like that with them. They are just, they're their pets. They love them. They have
0: chickens because they have no grocery stores near <laughs> them. they got to get eggs from. Right.
1: Right. Well, yeah, I guess that's probably true as well. Yeah. <laughs> So okay, we got off the rails on this conversation. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So chickens. Um, So speaking of chickens, uh, let's just go right into cholesterol, because that is another thing that you are known for. Um, You've written a few books like we talked about. um, And one of those very popular, I'm assuming was one of your international bestsellers was your cholesterol clarity.
0: Actually, um, Cholesterol Clarity was the one that did not hit international bestseller status. It was my very first book with Victory Belt Publishing. It was so funny because it was 2012. They're like, you know, we want you to write books for us. What do you want to write about? And the first thing out of my mouth was ketogenic diets. And, well, we don't really care about that. Nobody's going to, you know, it's a very small niche of a niche. Nobody's going to ever be interested in keto. I'm like, you're wrong. Uh, But how about cholesterol. And that's how I got the cholesterol book. And it, it did well. Don't, don't misunderstand me, but it, I was a nobody in the publishing world at that point. And then Keto Clank came out and that's when everybody knew who I was. So.
1: Yeah. Wow. I am shocked about that because I, you know, I recommend that book to everybody I know. I, I feel Thank like you. everybody should read that book.
0: Like I said, hadn't done horrible, but Keto Clarity and Keto Cook Cookbook and the Fasting Book were all the bestsellers, international bestsellers. Yeah.
1: Well, that's interesting. But so speaking of the cholesterol, I get this question a lot too, as I'm sure you do with the whole ketogenic, you know, diet, ketogenic way of eating, you know, people often are fearful of the amount of meat and fat and well, isn't that going to raise my cholesterol? And, you know, my doctor's worried about this because he says I'm on my way to heart disease and he tells me to eat low fat. So um, can you talk to us a little bit about cholesterol and why why we don't need to be fearful of that.
0: If you want to be snarky, go to your doctor. The next time he tells you, you have high cholesterol and ask him, how is that hurting me? Yeah.
1: Yeah. that's. A I, good I would question.
0: love to hear, I'd love to be a fly on the wall <laughs> <laughs> to hear the response. Well, we just know how cholesterol is, is harming you. Well, how exactly is it harming me? What is that cholesterol doing?
1: I, I think uh, they would uh, probably say, well, don't, don't worry about it. Just take the statin.
0: That's right. Well, (laughs) and that's a whole nother subject of where they have to follow certain guidelines, what's called standard of care. And if they don't, they get in trouble from their medical board. And so, yeah, so cholesterol is not an enemy in your health. I would even say it's not significant in your health. Controversial statement of the day from Jimmy Moore. So. (laughs) it's not because at the end of the day look at total cholesterol we all freak out if we're over 200 we're at great risk for heart disease and under 200 we're suddenly not you know what is in that total cholesterol Mm -hmm. well one thing is the ldlc that's what everybody looks at oh my gosh ldl is too high you need to bring it lower well ldlc is merely a calculated estimated number based on a math equation called the Friedwald equation. Did, and most people don't know that, Jessica. Yeah. They think, oh, well, it's di- directly measured, and if it's high, oh, my gosh, we got to do everything we can to get it lower, which is why people pop these poison pills known as statin drugs. Right. So it's estimated. So not exact. And especially when you eat a ketogenic diet, your triglycerides will be under 100, almost axiomatically. Your HDL will be over fifty. Like clockwork, especially if you're eating adequate fat on your keto. So, when those numbers are under 100 triglycerides, over 50 HDL, guess what happens to that calculation, that estimation of your LDLC? It's miscalculated. So, it makes it look like your LDL is actually higher than it actually is. Mm-hmm. And so, you start off with that flaw, then you look at the HDL, and let's say it's, you know, for you women, it can be as high as 100, 110. Uh, For me, the highest I've ever gotten it is like 78, Uh, but you want it higher. Higher is a good thing. Everybody knows HDL is the quote good cholesterol. And so it's a part of that total cholesterol. So Mm -hmm. if higher on total is a bad thing, don't we want it higher with the HDL? So that doesn't really add up either. Mm -hmm. And then the other one that's never looked at is the triglyceride levels. It's only a part of your total cholesterol because you divide your total or your triglycerides by five and that's what's called your VLDL so they add that to the total as well and that truly is a bad one the higher that number is it really is bad so you got an estimated number that you really don't know is accurate you got a number that's supposed to be higher and then you've got this really bad VLDL which is a surrogate marker for your triglycerides and you throw them all together and you say the end of the baseball game the the score was cumulatively 20. Now, you don't know if it was a 19-to-1 blowout. You don't know if it was a 10-to-10 tight. You don't know anything about what that means. So why are we so worried about cholesterol?
1: Exactly. <laughs> because because the drug companies say that we should be and that we need to take their statin. And if we well, don't take their statin and we don't lower our cholesterol, then we're going to get heart disease. I mean, that's I, it's kind of like the loop that's repeated all the time.
0: Absolutely. And I'm hopeful that that's changing. I'm hopeful my book made a difference in that. Um, I'm hopeful that people are, are truly educating themselves. Um, I, I still think we're a long ways away from that, you know, kind of bucking of the trend. But I think it, at some point it's going to have to trickle down to the medical school. Uh, teaching that triglyceride to HDL ratio is a so much better way of looking at things that some of these more advanced lipid panels like the NMR lipoprofile on the VAP and the different ones that look at the actual particle size and number of those LDL, those things are going to matter more. And we're going to see the sophistication of this happen it's just going to transform in the medical community but unfortunately as you know we've seen with the dietary guidelines how long it's taken those kind of shift it's going to take a very long time now i'm hoping with these younger you know millennials going out of medical school that are kind of growing up in the internet age maybe they're starting to think for themselves they're doing their own research and that will buck that trend but we still have to let the old guard die off
1: right and it does sometimes it does feel like it's a um impossible task because you look at what you're up against and the, where the doctors get their continuing education and where, where they're getting their information from, from these drug companies. And it just feels like, how are you ever going to be able to overcome this?
0: So they bring in a dozen donuts to their doctor to talk about the next great diabetes medication. That's hilarious, by the way. And <laughs> yes. that actually happens. I had a doctor just tell me that on another podcast. That's very interesting. Um, I, I want to go in with bacon and eggs and tell them all about the nutritional uh, benefits of eating keto. And I can't do that. I don't have anything to, quote, sell them.
1: Right. Yeah, that's right. And that, that's Other than why, information. Right. And that's why it fits, it just feels sometimes like, um, I don't know. It just sometimes it just feels so impossible, like to combat all this bad information and and be able to help people and get the good info. Because even if they get the good information, I often feel like you know, especially kind of the older generation. Like I think a lot about my mother in law and father in law and people like that. They go in and as soon as the doctor in the white lab coat tells them that that the information they maybe got from their daughter in law or from a podcast they listened to or this great cholesterol clarity book that they read is wrong. They believe it because the doctor knows everything. Because obviously, because he's a doctor.
0: Yeah, I, I I got over that a few years ago.
1: <laughs> right, but I believe really, that
0: doctors know everything. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, there's um there's very little nutrition taught in medical school, and I, I think this is another shocker when people learn about it. Um, they don't realize their doctors didn't get education on nutrition. They got pharmacological and physiological training, maybe a week or two of nutrition at best. But very few of those medical doctors that I've interviewed, and I've interviewed hundreds of them over the years, have ever gotten anything about insulin and, and anything about what you and I talk about on our respective podcasts. They're not they're not being taught that, so why would we expect the mechanic to understand anything about your plumbing issue
1: exactly yep <clears throat> yeah, I think the other the other thing for me is as I talk to older kind of the older generations of people, I mean really, my generation and anything older, I feel like the the younger generations there definitely getting this message about nutrition and lifestyle and their understanding more about meditation and self care and just ty- those types of things. But pretty much from like our generation back, you just didn't talk about that stuff. Like, especially I think about like my parents and my mother in law and stuff like that. They if there was anything wrong, they just ran to the doctor and they were kind of like the generation that started, you just take a pill for whatever ailment you have.
0: White coat like syndrome.
1: Yes, and it's really yes. hard to get them away from that. It's really, really hard to 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 explain to them that that is not the end all, be all. You do not have a statin deficiency. You know, right? You don't I've heard have, that somewhere. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you don't have a deficiency of whatever drug they're prescribing to you. That's not fixing the problem. It's a band aid. So,
0: yeah. And I'm wondering, Jessica, you and I are about the same age, uh, you know, is is it our generation that's the last one that's going to believe all that and the ones behind us um, that are coming up behind us? Are, are they the ones that are going to embrace this new reality or do we forge forward and somehow, you know, make it so that people understand it sooner than later? I, I don't think we have a lot of time uh, yeah. to, to you know, dilly dally around, I guess, is the Thing i'm trying to think of mm-hmm. you know with this because people's lives are truly at stake here you know people are dealing with all these metabolic health issues and heart issues and diabetes which the statin drugs are contributing to um something's got to give sooner than later
1: yeah i totally agree with you i i and i i actually i kind of feel like our generation is the ones that are kind of we're starting to kind of pave the way for the generations behind us and I do feel like it's our generation because I I look at the other podcasters out there and the, you know, the other nutritional therapy practitioners, you know, I'm going through that training that Christine just graduated and I look around that room and it's a lot, I mean, there are younger people there, but it's a lot of people my age.
0: Yeah, And so I
1: do, yeah. Yeah. I, I do feel like it's, I feel like it is our generation that is, You know, we kind of, you know, we were brought up by our parents believing that the white coats know everything and that there's a pill for everything. But somewhere along the way, we got kind of disillusioned with that and thought, wait a minute, this doesn't seem to really be working out that well, (laughs) because we're watching all these people around us, you know, dying of these chronic diseases that didn't even exist 20, 30, 40 years ago. That's right. So yeah, so maybe that's what's impacting our generation is we're just seeing these things that that we know are not right that shouldn't be happening.
0: But I do think a top down approach to match this bottom up approach that people like you and I are doing with our podcasts and the other work we're doing is going to be helpful in speeding that along. So if for some reason, somehow, some way, you know, the twenty twenty dietary guidelines are coming up soon. And so if something radical changes in that and people are like, oh, I didn't realize I could have saturated fat. I've been told to avoid it. Maybe they're, you know, put a little more sharp point to it that, oh, it's not really that bad in the context of cutting down your carbs. My perfect scenario, Jessica, would be they say, look, we know people have different dietary uh, needs and, and, you know, you need to customize it to yourself. So we're going to give you a variety of options here. So if you prefer to be vegan, here is a vegan option that will make your vegan diet very healthy. If you prefer to be more kind of a lower carb, paleo, keto, here's your option, so forth and so on. That would be the winner, winner, chicken dinner, unless you're vegan, um, for (laughs) dietary guidelines that I think would solve a lot of this kind of miscommunication that people have had over the years.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yep, that would would be great. So yeah, I think if we which is the reason that I do this I know that it's a big reason that you do this is just to keep getting the information out there the more people the more knowledge people have the more we will continue to influence from the bottom up and well and
0: see here's the thing I don't think we have an education issue the education and the and the information is out there I mean I've got over 1,350 episodes of Just Live and La Vida low-carb show, you could go and listen to your heart's content for, you know, weeks and months and years on end, but unless it's getting out there in some big way, which I've often said, you know, we need some famous person to come out and talk about low-carb, keto, you know, real food in kind of a positive way, and we have that. We've seen LeBron James you know, do it one summer and everybody lost their mind about low carb that summer. And and, uh, you've seen Rihanna come out with keto and you've seen Kim Kardashian. So, I mean, on and on and on, we need those kind of cultural things that will reach those people that need this information.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's, that, that's right. I mean, that's just all there is to it. You're right. So sadly, yeah, well,
0: (laughs) the American idol culture still, Lives on strong.
1: Yep, that's very true. They'll they'll listen um, when the celebrity tells them to do something, right?
0: Unless you and I become celebrities, Jessica, we got to work on that. <laughs> all
1: right, well, you're well on your way, Jimmy. I'll 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 try to catch up. <laughs> so, um, so just kind of talking about the, you know, all the nutrition and health stuff. Um, we've kind of talked about your the cholesterol care clarity, the, the keto clarity, and you mentioned earlier that you have a fasting book as well, which I know very well and love and was actually privileged enough to be on your fasting podcast, but tell me a little bit and tell the listeners a little bit about how you went from this cholesterol clarity book and your um, you know this keto podcast and you're on the keto diet bandwagon and yeah, this is great. How did you come across fasting and where did that come in and what what's the deal with fasting? Why would anybody even want to do that?
0: So I like to refer to fasting as the other f word because it truly is for people that don't have familiarity with it it, it truly sounds like you're saying the other f word so uh, I Don't talk about it lightly because I think it's too important and too valuable as a as a tool in your toolbox to have fasting available. Now, I will tell you this. If I wasn't keto, it would be murder. It would be horrible trying to get into some kind of a fasting state. But. Once you go keto, here's the beautiful thing. You just spontaneously fall into what's called intermittent fasting. So let me give a scenario. Let's say your last meal of the, of the day is at 6 o'clock. So you eat at 6 o'clock. You wake up the next morning after sleeping all night, and you're like, I'm not really hungry. So I don't want to eat what is conventionally referred to as breakfast. Well, guess what? Breakfast just is broken down. It just means break fast. So you can wait for your break fast until, say, noon, because you're not hungry when you wake up. Mm -hmm. And so 6 o'clock p.m. to noon the next day, guess what? You just fasted for 18 hours. Mm -hmm. That is a significant role in your health, that can play such a positive effect on so many people's health. Just that 18-hour window of giving your pancreas a break, letting the body lower inflammation levels, even starting a little bit of autophagy starting to happen, where you clean up old cells. It doesn't fully happen with the 18-hour fast, Uh, it usually takes about 72 hours for that, but you get such benefits from it Mm -hmm. that it's so natural.
1: Well, yeah, and when there's actually keto. there's even um, a study out there. I think they're in. I want to say like year. I think they've done it like a one year coming up on one year now. It's with monkeys, uh-huh. but um, a study out there showing that the only it's the only proven longevity study that's ever been done is calorie restriction or fasting. Um, being able to restrict your calories down like that.
0: Can can I have a little pet peeve moment? Yes. So, calorie restriction and fasting are not the same thing, and I think people often convolute these two. Uh, not not that you did, Jessica, but some people within the the health realms will say, "Well." Uh, all the benefits of fasting come from the calorie restriction. And so people can just have five, six, 700 calories a day and everything will be peachy keen and they're fasting quite well. I'm like, yes. no.
1: No, I if do you're... totally agree with you when I hear that. and And yeah, I should have probably stated that before i even said as soon as i, I heard you say
0: you. that i'm like okay pet peeve times <laughs> no it's true
1: because when you so, say that and somebody doesn't understand what you're talking about they do automatically think and they're probably thinking oh so then i need to restrict my calories through the day yes, like to five or six hundred yes. calories it's like no it's an eating window that's, <laughs> that's exactly right
0: and so so yeah um technically a fast is zero but you know dr Fung and i in the complete guide to fasting said you know if you need up to 200 calories worth of like bone broth or whatever you're consuming, uh, definitely not bulletproof coffee, which is upwards of six, seven, eight hundred calories. That is not fasting. Sorry, Dave Asprey. He said, yo, yo, you'll continue your fast. No, you don't. So <laughs> you're having nutrition. Uh, it's just in fat calories. So um, yeah, I, I think if you're going to fast, fast. And, and the benefits of fasting can be kicked in for most people, Jessica. I think with that intermittent fast that I, you know, the whole 18, six or even 20, uh, 24, or uh-huh. even some people do 23-1, where they have one meal in one hour and then they fast the rest of the day. And so, um, But then some of us with insulin resistance, and you've met me, I- I'm not a small boy, <laughs> I still deal with a little bit of extra weight on the body. And so that's the insulin resistance that's kicking my patooey right now. Uh-huh. And I found that for people like myself, longer fasting tends to be better than, because I can intermittent fast in my sleep. But right. doing a week-long fast or even a 21-day fast, which I've done three times now, it's a little more intense and intense by design. You want to get those benefits and know you're not progressively hungrier and hungrier like people would think you would be. You're actually pretty energetic. I remember when the Complete Guide to Fasting came out to, to uh, celebrate it, I went on a 21-day fast and went around to all these podcasts like yours and, oh yeah, today I'm on day 12 of my fast. and. You, you can almost hear the collective mouths drop open on the <laughs> other end of the line. What? So uh, it, it's it's pretty neat. Um, and part of the issue with fasting is it doesn't always fit within everyone's schedule. So make whatever your schedule is, make it fit within that. And if that only means you know doing the intermittent fast of you know 6 p.m. to 12 p.m. the next day. Do that. Uh, but I think you get benefits regardless of how long you do it.
1: Yeah. So what do you say to people that tell you, well, isn't that just the same as starving? Aren't you just starving yourself? Uh,
0: Yeah. Some people would think that, uh, the difference between starving yourself is when you're starving yourself, you're out of control. You, you basically say, you know what, I'm not eating no matter what happens physiologically to, to me. Mm -hmm. And so Dr. Fung and I, in our book, we said, look, If you feel bad, if you start to get a headache or you have some other physical ailment besides, oh, my gosh, I need to eat some food, uh, that doesn't count. (laughs) Every other thing uh, as a symptom, eat. You know, we're we're not saying be hard-nosed about it and be dangerous about it uh, by no means. You're in full control. When I did those 21-day fasts, if at any point I needed to quit, guess what? I was going to quit.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's, that makes all the difference. I've, I have not nowhere near fasted as long as you I've done five days as my longest. And you haven't
0: needed to Jessica. That's the key here. Yeah. Just cause you hear me say that I, I did these longer ones. I'm really messed up compared to you, so so I have to do those in order to get the same benefits that you get from your five-day fast.
1: Yeah, and, I, and the benefits are huge. I mean, I feel really, really good during the fast, and I think people yes. are shocked about that because they think, well, you're not eating. You're going to be starving, and I mean, don't you feel bad, don't you? That's what you they know, think right and you really don't i mean i and you know and i haven't done a long a long fast and quite like an extended fast in quite a while cuz i really just haven't felt the need to but i intermittent fast pretty much continually i mean it's um i think i kind of talked about that a little bit on your fasting show um i do i vary mine all the time i think it's key to not do the exact same window all the time so i'm i'll do a 16 uh, 8 or an 18.6 or a 24 or, you know, I'm kind of all over the place. But basically, I just try to listen to my body. I mean, if I'm hungry, like truly hungry, which is a big deal, I think fasting helps you with is to understand what true hunger is versus, oh, it's breakfast time. So I guess I should go ahead and eat or it's lunch time, So I guess I should eat. It's good to kind of help teach you when you really are hungry and if you're just listening you know for me i'll get up in the morning i'm i generally am not hungry which i think is a huge side effect of keto
0: (laughs) oh my gosh it is so freeing to get up and just start working without having to worry about all right do we have a pan that's clean that i can cook some eggs in
1: (laughs) right right what am i i mean i make my kids breakfast pretty much every morning and eggs and bacon and sausage things that i want to eat but i'm just not hungry and so it's no, I'm no longer ruled by, oh, there's food there. So I should eat, you yes. know, and that yeah. is very freeing. I love that. And, I, you know, I haven't actually, I haven't eaten yet today. Um, for I had you. my meal yesterday and I haven't even thought about it. And I'm, I'm not hungry. I mean, we're recording this at, it's about quarter to one and I'm not hungry. <laughs> so I'll eat when I'm hungry.
0: <laughs> You're here.
1: Yeah. So that's great. All right. So I just wanted you to talk a little bit about the fasting because I think um, there's a, you know, I can talk about it, but hey, you're the fasting expert. You had a whole podcast and a book (laughs) on this.
0: (laughs) Jason Fung is the real expert on this. He's definitely put in the years of uh, putting actual patients on it. But I dibble dabbled in it and and learned quite a bit and yeah, I enjoyed doing that fasting podcast sadly it's it's gone now, but yeah. uh, fasting talk uh, we still have all those episodes up and you can hear Jessica
1: and her story <laughs> on there yeah i I love that podcast it it was one of my favorites for sure so um okay, so just uh, let's let's kind of shift gears a little bit just kind of on a personal note um just so people can get to know Jimmy Moore a little bit better. Uh, Can you tell us, Jimmy, what does your day look like? So if you're intermittent fasting a lot, let's say you're not doing an extended fast. Let's just say Mm -hmm. it's a normal day. What does it look like when you get up in the morning? When do you get up? What do you eat? When do you eat? Like, what are you and Christine doing all day? I mean, you're not very busy, so we're just curious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't see that woman most of the day because I'm over here working in my building. Uh, So yeah, so I'm an early riser. Not everybody, like Christine, she will wake up at 10 if, if I let her sleep 10, 10, 11, uh-huh. <laughs> whereas I'm a five, six kind of guy.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: and so I get up pretty early in the day, um, get going, take a shower, do all the little morning stuff. And then I just you know hit the ground running, whatever it is that I'm working on that day. If I'm in the middle of book writing, I'm writing, uh, you know, the best time for writing for me has been early morning. Uh, the creative juices are flowing Uh, I'm drinking water. I'm, you know, getting my day going. I'm not really hungry in the morning. I'm like you, Jessica. I wake up in the morning and I'm going not hungry. So I don't, I don't usually eat till maybe around midday. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I don't, I don't eat. So I'm, I'm deep into the business of the day. And of course I'm dealing with podcasts. I do five a week. So I'm almost constantly podcasting. Plus I'm on other people's shows like I am today. So (laughs) uh, even, even more so. So Usually those are around midday like this one is and uh, get those done by late afternoon and uh, try to squeeze in. Oh, I do take care of the chickens, obviously, in the morning. I don't leave them. You have to clean up the poo-poo. Yeah, it's nasty, but <laughs> it is what it is and gather the eggs and, mm-hmm. and do all that. And then anything Christine needs me to do, honey-do list, I go and run errands and do those kinds of things. Um, I'm assuming you're asking about meals and what I eat and when I eat and all that. Yeah. So meals are kind of unpredictable because, like you said, when you stop eating to the clock, you don't have a meal time. You don't have a breakfast time, lunch time, you know, dinner time. It's just, all right, I'm feeling a little peckish now. Let me go eat something. Mm-hmm. And so I'm almost at that point now. I haven't had anything today either since last night. So, But I can feel it coming on just a little bit. But here's the key. When you're keto, the, the you're not hangry. You yeah. just kind of feel this, eh. I could eat. Uh-huh. And, and it's just kind of this non, you're not panicked mode yes. when it comes to And you just, yeah, I can feel it coming on. Okay, let's go eat something. And it's not a big deal. It always trips me out. All these people that, just, oh, like they're on an airplane or something. Oh my gosh, we need to eat. Oh no. And I'm like, really? You you've been on the tarmac for like half an hour. Really? <laughs> right. You're killing me. So <laughs> Anyway, so, but I um,
1: understand that because that used to be me.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, it used to be I all of us, Jessica. Totally That's the thing. <laughs> you know, when you're a sugar burner, that is the mentality, and yes. so you, you kind of get that that hangryness and and we've almost been conditioned that if we don't have breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack, midnight snack, we're gonna die or we're gonna something's bad gonna happen. You know, God forbid we go with a period of time more than a couple of hours without eating. So exactly. So then uh, when it does come uh, to meal time, you know, we're not real fancy schmancy people. We just keep it simple, you know, meat, fatty meat with some vegetables and, and some fat on top. So it's, uh-huh. it's not a big deal. So a hamburger patty uh, cooked in grass fed butter, maybe a salad with some olive or avocado oil on it, uh, maybe some mashed cauliflower, that kind of thing. So nothing real frilly. We just uh, we live life.
1: Yep. Well, like I think normal. It's interesting too because you know I have all these keto cookbooks and all this stuff and I and I love them and I do use them. I'll go to them and find, but I, I end up finding that if it was just up to me, like obviously there's seven of us in my house with the five kiddos and my husband, but if it was I just <laughs> if it was just me and Derek, I think we would just probably. I mean, most of the time I don't even care what I'm gonna eat. I yes. love food and I love it to be good food. But like you said, most of the time, I'm, you know, we're just fine eating, you know, whatever, like you said, a yeah. fatty piece of meat and maybe some vegetables and, and just keeping it real simple. Like it's we get real
0: daring, we have chicken wings.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but it's so different because when I, you know, when I was a sugar burner, that that's all I thought about Yes, was what are we going to eat? When are we going to eat?
0: You and know. you do it at the meal prior. That's the thing. It's like yes. at breakfast, man, what am I going to have for lunch? And yes. then at lunch, man, I'm thinking about what we're going to have for dinner. It's like our lives are so consumed with this thing that is truly insignificant. If you look at food as fuel, why are we talking about fuel? It's like it's like going to the gas station. Man, I can't wait till the next time I fill up my gas tank with gas. You know, <laughs> right. It would be silly to do that. But that's exactly what we're doing when we talk about food all the time.
1: It is. We're completely obsessed with it. I mean, there's even the marketing of uh, you know, of a fast food restaurant that came up with the fourth meal marketing. Yes, Taco and, Bell. Yeah. Yep. And it's just like that was so, I mean, I remember watching those commercials like, yeah, yeah, I need to go get some of that at midnight or whatever. Like, what? And then <laughs>
0: you've got this served at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yes. that's good for sleep. Thank you, Taco Bell. It's
1: crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy so that's good so do you so in your day, Jimmy, do you do any kind of um do you do any kind of meditation or prayer time <clears throat> or anything like that
0: yeah, I think that's kind of important help? and thank you for for bringing that up uh certainly within the context of the day i do uh do movement as well as prayer and meditation, yeah, I think anybody that's like active in this community and you're not taking time out to reflect and to meditate or if you're a Christian to pray, um, you know, the, those things are so essential. It's so easy to get caught up in your day that you forget to do those things. Um, mm-hmm. But I see that them as the foundation of your health. You know, everybody thinks, well, diet's the foundation of your health. Eh, I'd beg to differ. I'd say your stress levels and your focus Mm-hmm. You know, your purpose. You know, I, I've never lost my eye on the ball mentality, Jessica, in doing this, knowing that I, I realize I'm reaching so many people with the work I'm doing. And so, if I myself am not in the right state of mind and state of health, how can I go try to feed into someone else's state of mind and state of health? So, yeah, th- those things are very important. I would also say an adequate night of sleep. Um, and if I feel like I'm in a day that is just not going well, I gotta take some me time. And I've I've learned that the longer I've been at this, um, and of course it's a privilege now because I get to work for myself and I can set those times. Not everybody has that privilege with a boss that says you gotta get this done by three o'clock or else. Yeah. Um so if you can find those times for for taking care of you be it meditation, be it, you know, doing something fun to relax and de-stress yourself. I I love yoga. Um, You know, all of those things can be very helpful.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I think sleep is super foundational and yeah, the relaxation, the time to just recharge because we you can only anybody can only pour so much out if you're not recharging you've got you've got to plug back in and and be able to recharge or you just run out of steam and you can and only- see
0: everybody thinks that's a vacation thing vacation is cool but sometimes you come back more stressed from that than when you left so I'm saying in the day to day, figure out a way to work it into your schedule. So meditate, pray in the morning. Um, You know, you've been in my building. I have a massage chair and a vibration plate and an inverted table and all these little gizmos and gadgets, got little massage wands. And I'm just doing those things to try to keep myself in tip top shape so that when I'm on other people's podcasts or recording my own podcast that I'm delivering the best Jimmy Moore you're going to hear.
1: That's awesome. And yeah, you, so the only thing you're missing out there, Jimmy, is you need an infrared sauna.
0: <laughs> oh, um, it's, it's coming. It's coming. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's
1: so exciting.
0: I'm actually getting a, a back deck uh, put on the building and I'm going to have them do a hot tub back there. And an infrared sauna. So yes, in progress, my dear, in progress. Next time you come see us, we'll have that in place.
1: That's amazing. That is one of my favorite um, ways to just get some me time and de-stress and I can... I mean, you can do so many different things in there. Sometimes I listen to podcasts in there. Sometimes I study for my NTP training in there.
0: Yes, so, I learned the hard way, though, Jessica. Not don't bring your phone in there. Oh, I it know. It will <laughs> it will overheat. I All obviously the time. <laughs> I, I was in one uh, when Christine was going through her NTA training. I went in Herndon, Virginia, was her class, um, and so I would go there was a person there that said hey come to my sauna she's a big fan of of my work and so I'm okay so I go inside and oh you need to try infrared oh I love infrared so I'm in there and I'm live periscoping from inside <laughs> the red sauna infrared sauna and about 15 minutes in my phone gives me the message, overheated, overheated. Yes. And everybody's like, what happened? Where'd he go? Yeah. Did, he, did he spontaneously <laughs> combust? What happened?
1: No, yeah, you cannot <laughs> do that. So I have a model that um, if I want to listen to podcasts or something on my phone, it's built I, in. it has Bluetooth. So yes. my speakers are built in. Yeah. So then yeah. my phone sits right outside the door. So if I need I know, to change it. I know. That's what it, I need. I need a
0: little contraption that'll like be outside and, and uh, you do, I'll just have to scream really loud so you can hear me. <laughs>
1: I can see you doing that for sure. Oh,
0: you know I would so do dude- that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I have to tell you, I was so inspired after being in your awesome uh, man cave slash recording studio yes. that I went out and got in. Uh, well, I shouldn't say I. Derek bought me a um, an inversion table. Yeah. So I'm so excited. So we just built. Had a school hanging upside things, down in You know what, though? I'm going to tell you something. I'm I'm guessing this changes, but it is really hard to do.
0: It is at first.
1: Yes. It, I it does mean, get better. Oh my gosh. I'm like, okay, I can only do this for a, a few seconds at a time. Like it plus, is really hard. Think
0: about the trust you have to have that that contraption oh. is not going to fall apart and drop you on your yes. head. Yes.
1: Well, plus we, so my, so we have, it's kind of, we framed out the room, but we haven't finished it completely. But in our lower level is where my, we have like this wellness studio, we like to call it, but. We have, um, have my infrared sauna and we have a weight bench. My teenage boys like to, you know, weight lift down there and do stuff. And my kettlebells sure. are down there. So I'll go down there and do that. We have yoga mats. You can do yoga. And now I have this, um, this inversion table. But when I get on that, that is exactly what scares me to death. Cause it's right now it's a concrete floor. And I think my God, if this thing broke,
0: <laughs> stick a yoga mat or um, some kind of mat under it, just for the psychological yes. effects. It'll make you feel so because you don't need to tense up when you're hanging upside down. You need to be as relaxed. And that's why you're only able to do it for a few seconds at a time. Your body is in fight or flight mode because you're so fearful of falling that you're not actually getting the benefits of the inverted table. So get a mat under there just for peace
1: of mind. Yeah, I'm sure you're you're right on, cause it it is very difficult for me to do, and I'm like, oh my gosh, so I keep trying it. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna
0: especially <laughs> when you go straight up and down, that's yes. really intense. Uh, most people go kind of 45 degree and work their way down to 90 degree, but yeah, it, it it can be daunting when you first start. But don't beat yourself up. It took me a little while to get to straight up and down. All
1: right, all right, cause I'm 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 gonna do it, Jimmy. And <laughs> a
0: vibration plate. You need to get one of those vibration plates, you know like what? I had too.
1: I, yeah. I should have asked for that for Christmas. I would love but to have one of those.
0: They're not that expensive. I want to say that little one that I, I say little, it's not that little, but that one that I have was like 1200 bucks. so they're not yeah. too bad.
1: Do you know what one you have?
0: It's the, the one, one, one from Dave Asprey.
1: That's right. I've been checking his out. That's that's kind of the one I would like to have. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I can... on my wish list.
0: (laughs) It's nice because it, 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 a whole lot of shaking going on when you turn that bad boy on. Well, (laughs) Well, you know, you were on it when you were here. So yeah,
1: I used to go to a, to like this uh, wellness clinic and they had one and I would go spend some time on there and I really loved it.
0: And I have sciatica pain, so it really helps that along with the massage chair. Mm -hmm. I have my little therapy uh, corner down there. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like you're well on your way with yours.
1: Yes. I, I love all that stuff. So, okay, well, I am I'm not going to keep you on here. Can you just uh, let everybody know some of the things you have going on, where they can find you? I know you have like a million different <laughs> things, I feel like, that uh, you always have going on. You are like man of many talents. But if you can just let people know if they are interested, and I'm sure they are finding out more about you, about Christine, where can they find you?
0: Yeah, when you're passionate, you can't help yourself, but to be very busy trying to get the yes, word out, and i mean, agree. I'm so proud of you with your podcast and what you're doing, because uh, I think what you're doing is really awesome. So Thanks, uh, easy to find. You can Google my name, Jimmy Moore. The whole two, first two pages is literally everything I'm doing, so it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I, I just did that randomly one day, Jessica. I was like, oh, let's just type in my name, and up comes Living La Vida Low Carb Show and the blog and Keto Clarity, and I'm like, wow, I just send people there. <laughs> Um, but liveinlavitalowcarb.com is the website. Live in with no G on the end. Um, and then, yeah, we're doing Mondays, that Nutritional Pearls podcast. Tuesday, Wednesday, Live in vida, Low Carb show. Thursday, Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole. And now Friday, um, one more thing with Jimmy, which is going to just be all the things that are interesting to me. Besides nutrition, I've done this long enough, Jessica. I think I've earned a podcast where I can talk about something besides nutrition for once.
1: <laughs> yes, you have. And I'm so excited. I'm glad you mentioned that one because I'm, I'm very excited to see. I've been watching your updates on that through your social media channels and stuff. And I'm yeah. very excited to see that one come out, too.
0: And then, of course, books don't stop. Uh, I've had three international bestsellers in a row and we're going to try to make it three or four more in a row after this. So my book with Dr. Nally, Dr. Adam Nally is coming out, The Keto Cure, tentatively the end of February. They may have to push it one more time into March. Uh, when you start writing books, you realize it can be a, m- a lot more daunting than you realize. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and then uh, Meg Dahl, who is a registered holistic nutritionist. Do you know Meg?
1: I don't know her, but I do know who she is. Yes.
0: Okay, good. So yeah, she's pretty active on Instagram as well. Meg, uh-huh. the RHN Dahl. Um and so she and I are writing a book together, Keto Freedom, which will talk about some of the head stuff. She came from an anorexia background, and of course I came from overeating, binge eating. And so um, so we're going to talk about some of the head stuff that's involved with keto that nobody really like, hammers. We're yeah, going to hammer pretty that's hard. That's great. And then, um, and then Christine and I are going to do our book together called Real Food Keto, um, so that will be late, late. 2018, early 2019, when that comes out, that'll kind of incorporate a lot of the Nutritional Therapy Association teachings within the prism of a ketogenic diet, because so many people like yourself are going through that program, and not everybody is is gung-ho keto, but some of their clients are talking about it, so this will give them an ability to communicate what, like, you, you NTPs can communicate to your clients, hey, this is how you can implement what we're teaching, but through the prism of a ketogenic diet. So we're real excited about that project.
1: Yes. I'm excited then, about that. That's awesome.
0: And then a possibility, I won't say any names or anything, but I've got a possibility of writing a book with a vegan. Just going to leave it right there
1: Ooh. and will have to
0: wait and find out.
1: <laughs> Juicy stuff.
0: <laughs> Call that a teaser. So <laughs> awesome!
1: Awesome! That's exciting because I haven't heard anything about that yet. So I feel like I yes. just got Yes. It's not some... public.
0: I, I gave you the exclusive today, yes! Jessica. That's
1: so cool, Jimmy. Thank you. I love you for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's not final yet, so that's why I'm not using any names. But yeah. a vegan has reached out and wants to write a book together. That's so awesome! That
1: would be so we will really see great.
0: what that what comes of that. So
1: that's awesome, Jimmy. Well, thank you so much for being on here and just. You know, given us your time, I know how valuable your time is. You are a much wanted man and certainly in this uh, realm for sure.
0: Well, so- Jessica, you know I adore you and the work you're doing and wow, seven people in your house. That just makes my <laughs> head spin just thinking about it. It's it's hard enough with me and Christine and four cats and fourteen chickens. I could not imagine <laughs> seven human beings in the same living space. So yeah. God bless you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. I need all the blessings I can get. I will gladly take them. <laughs> I will gladly. And you know what? That is keto has been like the most amazing life changing experience for me. I think largely because of that, like you were talking a lot about the hangry stuff earlier and I just thought, you know, that's so true. And, and as a mom, I'm sure there's a lot of moms out there that can relate you, you know, with, with all those little people vying for your attention all the time, you know, I would definitely get Um, you know, there would be times I just fly off the handle at them. Like, I cannot take it not one more second. Like, don't talk to me, leave me alone. Stop asking me for stuff. Like, just go away. And those times have become very few and far between now. Like, you're just the mood regulation that comes with yes. keto and being able to handle the, the stress of living with all these people.
0: You wouldn't like mom when she's hypoglycemic.
1: <laughs> no, and it's so true. It is so true. And I'm telling you what, like I am not this perfect keto person or have this perfect nutritional you know, thing figured out. I, and it's the holidays and I have certainly indulged in quite a few things here and there that You know, but I know as soon as I eat the sugar, I am just like, oh, why did I do that? But I have seen it like I've seen the snappiness come back just after like one or two Christmas cookies. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a big deal. So, you know, I tell people, don't don't beat yourself up if you go there and you indulge in something like that. But notice what happens (laughs) because it's a real thing. I mean, it's real. That's right. So anyway, all right, Jimmy. Well, thank you so much for being on here. And I am sure that I will talk to you again very soon. And oh, Perhaps. before I let you go, one more but final wait, thing. There's more. Wait, wait, there's more. Wait, there's <laughs> more. One more thing. I want to say happy birthday. <laughs>
0: oh, yes. Today, as of the recording of this.
1: Yes. Today I turned the
0: big 4-6. It's four, so funny. My, my date of birth was 12 71 And now it's 12 27 so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes. That's awesome. And that's not confusing.
0: (laughs) That's not confusing at all. I was filling out some paperwork yesterday and it was like, put down the the date. And then right below that was your birth date. And I was like, 12, 20. Oh, wait.
1: Right. I I
0: messed up. I put 17 on the date of birth.
1: (laughs) That's funny. Well, I'm glad. I'm very thankful. I'm very grateful that you would spend an hour and five minutes of your birthday talking to me and, and my listeners on this podcast. That is Amazing. So, yes, as of right now, it is your birthday when this will come out next week. So, it'll be so actually, you are going to be my first podcast of 2018. Of the
0: new year. See, that's my birthday present. You didn't even realize that you go. you're going to make so, me your first podcast the, guest. That's yes, funny.
1: The first one for 2018. All Only right, for mean?
0: Jessica Ty would we do that.
1: So. <laughs> right. And All mom. Right. Well, thank you very much <laughs> for real. I don't have anything else now, so I'll let you go.
0: <laughs> dun, 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 dun,
1: dun. All right. Thanks, Timmy, and I'll talk to you in the new year. Alright guys, well that's a wrap on Keto Lifestyle episode number 26 with Jimmy Moore, my first one in the new year. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you got some good information from that podcast, some things that maybe piqued your interest you can go do some more reading on. Um, if you want to follow the or go to the show notes of this podcast, I will make sure to include all of the links to Jimmy's work in there. His books, his website, his blog, um, his podcasts, all of those awesome things. So if you guys want to follow up on that and get some more information, you can. And the, um, uh, podcast that he was talking about with his wife, Christine, the nutritional pearls podcast, it is live and up and running now. I just listened to the episode that released yesterday. Um, that was January first, and it's really good. Christine is awesome; she knows her stuff. She is uh, has her NTP designation now, which I am just right behind her. Shortly, we'll have that. And man, I, it, there is so much you learn in that training. It's um, you know, it's nutritional therapy, and you think that okay, well. I know so much about nutrition, right? And I can figure this out. It's going to be great, but oh my gosh, they, they go so in depth and the things that you learn, um, the different testing that you learn to do on people and, and ways to, to figure out what. Things people might be dealing with and how to assess those, and it gets really deep. So, Christine's going to talk about some of those types of things and give you guys some great information on that podcast. I urge you to go listen to that. And um, as a special treat, I am actually going to have Christine on this podcast next week. So, we will be talking about the uh, Nutritional Therapy Association. And if you're interested in being a nutritional therapy practitioner, which is what Christine is, and what I will be here shortly and or a nutritional therapy consultant, which um, the consultant takes a little bit less time. It's a little less intense. So if the practitioner uh, program is a little intense for you or or worries you with the timeline or investment that it takes to do that one, then you might want to look at the consulting um, application. That one's a little bit easier to get through. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and give you guys some information. I get asked lots of questions about the NTP program. So Uh, We're going to talk about that next week and give you guys some insider scoop on that. So make sure not to miss that one. And before I let you guys go today, I just wanted to read um, a message that I got. It's um, not necessarily feedback on on the iTunes, but it is a a sweet email I got from a listener, and I just wanted to share this with everybody. So her name is Kelly, and she sent me a message and says, Hi, I just wanted to say thank you so much for all your wonderful advice. You are helping me so much with sticking to keto, especially during the holidays. I've gone to three Christmas parties this week, and I've successfully stuck to keto-approved foods, salami, cheese, nuts, olives, broccoli, etc. I did indulge in a small piece of a cookie. Uh, your most recent episode was so beneficial for this time of year. I'm going on six weeks now on keto, and no way, Jose, will I ruin it for Christmas. You really rock, and I'm happy I discovered your podcast. Enjoy your holiday with your family. So that was awesome. Thank you so much for that message, Kelly. I enjoyed getting that so much, and um, I it just makes me so happy to hear that that anything that I'm putting out there is helping you guys. So, I hope that the rest of you guys have seen success through the holidays. As you heard me just tell Jimmy, I did indulge in some Christmas cookies and you know, I always after I do that, I'm just like that was not worth it because I get I get mean when I have that much sugar. I just realize like my patience goes out the window and I it just changes my mood so much. It's crazy. Um, so anyway, I'm kind of glad that all of that stuff is gone and and uh, we don't have to look at that anymore and, and um, feeling really good. I mean, this was probably the best uh, holiday season I've been through. It's the first one I've been through as keto myself. So it's um, really been great. So I hope you guys have a great uh, holiday season, a great new year, and great celebrations. And I guess we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle
0: Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we share with you today and are looking forward to the next episode.